before you were even formed in your mother's womb, God already had determined a purpose for your life, a God-given purpose. God has a purpose to train you in what you're called to do, and I tell you, Karis Bible College is the place for that. Man, if you want a life change, come to Karis. Come on to Karis! The next two to three years could be the most powerful time of your life. If you sit under the Word for four hours a day, for five days a week, for two or three years, I guarantee you, you are going to have God speak to you and start revealing purpose to you. Every one of you are created for a purpose. Do you know what that purpose is? Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. I asked the Lord, why should I go here? Why should I go to Karis Bible College? Why should I travel 5,000 miles? And it was like, being here is the real deal. This is where you're supposed to be. If you want to come here, you're going to learn what the Word says and what the Word means. <laughs> and now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today I'm continuing to teach on the power of partnership, and I have a CD and DVD album on this. This coming Friday is going to be my last day to advertise these products over the television program. We also have a DVD here with five testimonies of people who have put this truth to, to work in their life and have prospered. And then I have this book. This is really a powerful book on financial stewardship. There is a difference between being an owner and being a steward. And that is a really powerful book. This week I've been teaching on the power of partnership and I've been using Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16, where it says, A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. And this isn't talking about an anointing or a talent, a call on your life. It's talking about a physical gift. A monetary gift opens up a door for you. It makes room for you, and it promotes you and brings you before great men. Here's the way that the NIV says that. It says, A gift opens the way for the giver and ushers into the presence of the great. The New Revised Standard Version says, A gift opens doors. It gives access to the great. And so this is talking about your physical gift or a monetary gift makes room for you. It opens up a door. And yesterday I was really trying to make this uh, point that when you give in the right attitude, you make a connection with the people that you give to, whether it's a church or whether it's a ministry, you make a connection. And that can be good or bad. If you are manipulated and if you give to a person who's a charlatan or somebody who's not got a lot of integrity in their life, but yet they manipulated you and you gave, well, then you start partaking of that anointing that's on them. But when you give to a good church and to a good ministry, then you start drawing on that anointing that's on them. You can sow where you want to go. You can literally find somebody who's ahead of you that they have prospered in the very things that you feel God is leading you into, and you can find them, and you can begin to sow into their life, and you can start drawing that blessing and that anointing towards you. Man, that is a powerful, powerful truth. Let me give you a scriptural example of this over in 1 Kings 
chapter 10. And this is talking about when the queen of Sheba came to inquire of Solomon and get his wisdom. In chapter 10, 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 1, when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. The very fact that it says she came to prove him with hard questions means that there was some degree of skepticism on her part. Now, she must have believed that he definitely had something special or she wouldn't have even gone to the effort to come and prove him. But it shows that she wasn't totally convinced. She came and she wanted to see for herself. So in verse 2, it says, And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train, with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. Before I get into the rest of this, let me just jump over to verse 10 and show you how much gold and precious stones and things that she gave. In verse 10, it says, And she gave the king... 120 talents of gold. A talent was 75.5 pounds of gold. And she gave 120 talents of gold and of spices very great store and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as these which the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. So how much is this? So 75.5 pounds is what one talent weighed, and 120 talents would be 9,060 uh, pounds of gold, 144,960 ounces of gold. And of course, you know, gold fluctuates in its price. But the time that I wrote this footnote in my living commentary, gold was around $500 uh, per ounce at that price. That would have been $72,480,000 uh, worth of gold that she brought. Now, the last I heard, I think that gold might be somewhere around $1,500. That'd be three times what I'm talking about. So over $200 million worth of gold. And on top of that, she brought spices and precious stones and all of these kind of things. So you need to get a picture of this to bring... Uh, that would be uh, 9,060 pounds of gold and then all of the spices. And I can guarantee you, if you had all of these riches in some kind of a caravan, a camel train going towards Jerusalem, you would also need soldiers to be able to protect this. Our bandits would have taken it from you. And so we don't know, but there was probably at, at the very minimum dozens and dozens of camels. It was an entire caravan possibly soldiers. There could have been hundreds and hundreds of people everywhere that they went, every um, oasis that they stopped at to give their camels water. I guarantee you they made a scene. And when they got to Jerusalem, stop and think about this. It says that Solomon was the wisest man on the planet. And that is not some other person's evaluation. That was God's evaluation. He said that there would never be a person as wise as Solomon, and there would never be a king as rich as Solomon. That's not just saying about during his time. If you read this over in Chronicles account, the Lord told him there would never be another king like him as rich as him. So you take any person in the world today who's got, you know, a hundred billion dollars net worth or whatever, and they aren't as rich as Solomon was. It says that in Solomon's day that gold was the standard that people didn't even 
pay attention to silver. They would throw silver on the street like a rock. That everything was so prosperous that gold was the only thing that counted. Silver didn't amount to anything. So here's Solomon, the richest man on the planet, the wisest man on the planet. And it says right here in 1 Kings chapter 10 that all kings, all people of the earth sought to Solomon for his wisdom. Now, if you were that powerful, that w prosperous, that well-known, that wise, and if the whole world was seeking to come and get your wisdom, how do you just, you know, get there and, and get in line and get to meet Solomon? You know, if you wanted to go see the President of the United States, you just can't walk up to the door and knock on the door and have the President come let you in. And I can guarantee you, our President is nothing like Solomon, and he is not sought after the same way that Solomon was sought after. And yet, you would, I'm not even sure if you tried, you could get in to see the President. If you could somehow or another, you would have to schedule it. It could be months or years before you'd ever get in to have an audience with the President. Well, it was certainly that, at least that way back in these times, and possibly even more so. So how did the Queen of Sheba get in to meet Solomon? Well, I guarantee you, you see a caravan coming with hundreds of camels and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of money, and you're, she's going to give that as a present to Solomon? You know what that did? It's just like Proverbs 18, 16 says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Or as the NIV says, it ushers him into the presence of the great. You know how the Queen of Sheba got to the front of the line? She used a gift. And that gift brought her into the presence of Solomon. It says that she communed with him of all that was in her heart. In verse 3, And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. In other words, it took away her breath. She was overwhelmed. It was much greater than what she thought. In verse 6, And she said unto the king, It was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and thy prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. Happy are thy men. Happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee upon the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made he thee king to do judgment and justice. And then that verse 10 is the one that we already read about where she gave the king 120 talents of gold, spices, very great store, precious stones. There is no more such abundance of spices as these which the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. And then it goes on to say in verse 13, And King Solomon gave unto the Queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked, besides that which Solomon gave her of his own uh, country. And then in verse 14, Now the weight of gold that came unto Solomon in one year was six hundred threescore and six talents of gold. 
The Queen of Sheba gave Solomon 120 talents ago, and yet Solomon had every year over 666 talents of gold come to him. So Solomon's abundance was much, much greater than the Queen of Sheba. But she gave, and her gift opened up a door. This is a spiritual illustration, or it's a physical illustration of a spiritual truth, that when you give and when you partner with the church or with the ministry, you are tapping in to the wisdom, to the anointing, to the blessing that is on that ministry, and it starts flowing towards you. And the Queen of Sheba, she gave of her abundance, but Solomon's abundance was much greater. I guarantee you, she got back more than she ever gave. That is amazing. And you know, here's a, this is not directly on the power of partnership, but this is, this is a great truth that I want to bring out right here. As the Queen of Sheba was traveling from Sheba up to Jerusalem to meet with Solomon, she had to go through these poor countries. I'm sure she stopped at oases where there were beggars, where there were all of these needs. And I can guarantee you, if people were anything like they are today, there's people that would have criticized her and say, so you're taking all of this wealth, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of wealth, and you're taking it to the richest man on the planet? And they, there's people, I'm sure, that condemned her. Well, why don't you help us? Why don't you help these beggars here? There could have been entire kings come out from some of these kingdoms and says, you're giving away more than the entire wealth of our entire nation. Why are you giving so much money to the wealthiest man on the planet? Come and give to us. I, there's people like that. That's the Judas complex. When this woman came and poured this precious ointment that was worth you know, a year's salary on Jesus' feet and then begin to wipe his feet with her hair. Judas stood up and says, why was this waste made? This could have been sold for so much money and have been given to the poor. And yet it goes on to say, but he didn't care about the poor. He was saying this because he was a thief. It was demonic. There are always people that are going to sit there and criticize people who give money to ministries and to things and saying, why wasn't this sold? And why didn't you help this poor? I'm sure that Queen of Sheba got all of that. But think of this. After she came and used those riches to open up a door and to tap into the anointing that was on Solomon and start drawing that wisdom and power and anointing towards her, after she did that, Solomon gave unto her of, her of his abundance, and since his abundance was greater than her abundance, I believe she went home with more than she had when she went. And if she was disposed to help the poor and to help some of these poorer nations, she would have been better equipped and had more resources to be able to give to people than if she would have given out of her own ability. See, there's always people that'll sit there and say, you shouldn't give towards these large ministries, towards these large churches and things like this. They already have all of these things going for them. But it's not just about what their need is. It's about what is your need. Do you need the anointing? Do you want the blessing and the power that is operating on that church or that ministry? And when you sow and when you become a partner, not just a giver occasionally, not just to pay for what you get, but when you begin to give beyond what your needs are and you give so that other people can be blessed, 
YOU START A SUPERNATURAL FLOW OF THAT ANOINTING OF THAT BLESSING TOWARDS YOU, AND IT WILL PROSPER YOU. AND THEN AS YOU PROSPER, YOU WILL ACTUALLY BE BETTER EQUIPPED. YOU WILL HAVE MORE RESOURCES TO BE ABLE TO HELP WITH BENEVOLENCE GIVING AND TO GIVING TO PEOPLE THAT MIGHT NEVER MINISTER TO YOU. SO SEE, you can, YOU CAN MISS SOME THINGS HERE. AND THERE ARE PEOPLE, I THINK, THAT JUST THINK, WELL, I WOULD NEVER GIVE TO A LARGE MINISTRY, or TO A TELEVISION MINISTRY. YOU GUYS HAVE SO MUCH MONEY AND THINGS LIKE THAT. BUT, YOU KNOW, IT'S ALL RELATIVE TO WHAT YOUR EXPENSES ARE. TELEVISION IS AN EXPENSIVE MEDIUM. AND THERE ARE CHURCHES. MAN, TO BUILD A CHURCH BUILDING AND TO BUILD THE FACILITIES AND TO SEND THE MISSIONARIES AROUND THE WORLD AND TO DO THE THINGS THAT ARE BEING DONE, IT TAKES A LOT OF MONEY. AND INSTEAD OF YOU JUST TRYING TO GIVE WHERE YOU CAN SEE A GREAT NEED AND YOUR MONEY CAN HELP THEM, YOU'RE LIMITED IN YOUR RESOURCES. SOMETIMES YOU NEED TO TAKE A PORTION OF WHAT YOU'VE GOT AND YOU NEED TO SOW IT INTO A LARGER MINISTRY, INTO A MINISTRY THAT HAS AN ANOINTING ON IT THAT YOU NEED. AND YOU NEED TO BE DISCRIMINATING AND YOU NEED TO LET THE HOLY SPIRIT LEAD YOU IN YOUR GIVING. BUT WHEN YOU SOW INTO THAT MINISTRY, IT STARTS A SUPERNATURAL FLOW TOWARDS YOU OF THAT BLESSING AND THAT ANOINTING THAT YOU SEE ON THAT MINISTRY. AND THE END RESULTS WILL BE THAT YOU WILL PROSPER MORE AND YOU WILL BE ABLE TO DO MORE BENEVOLENCE GIVING IF YOU WOULD TAKE A PORTION OF THAT AND SOW IT TOWARDS SOMETHING THAT WOULD INCREASE YOU. YOU NEED TO SOW WHERE YOU WANT TO GO. MAN, THAT IS POWERFUL. AND I'M TELLING YOU, A LOT OF PEOPLE DO NOT UNDERSTAND THIS. AND BECAUSE OF IT, THEY MAY GIVE BUT IF YOU DON'T GIVE MIXING IT WITH FAITH, THEN IT DOESN'T PROSPER YOU. AGAIN, I'VE USED THIS VERSE A NUMBER OF TIMES, BUT HEBREWS CHAPTER 4, VERSE 2 SAYS, THE WORD PREACHED UNTO THEM DID NOT PROFIT THEM, NOT BEING MIXED WITH FAITH IN THEM THAT HEARD IT. YOU HAVE TO PUT FAITH IN THIS. YOU CAN'T JUST GIVE IT. IT'S NOT JUST AUTOMATIC. IT'S NOT JUST A PHYSICAL THING. IT'S A SPIRITUAL THING. IF YOU DON'T UNDERSTAND WHAT'S HAPPENING WHEN YOU GIVE, AND IF YOU JUST GIVE OUT OF OBLIGATION, BUT YOU AREN'T GIVING WITH THE RIGHT ATTITUDE, IT PROFITS YOU NOTHING. THAT'S WHAT 1 CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 13, VERSE 3 SAYS. YOU KNOW, I HAD A MAN THAT WORKED FOR ME ONE TIME, AND THIS MAN, BEFORE HE CAME TO WORK FOR ME, HE WAS REALLY PROSPEROUS. THIS IS BACK ABOUT 1980. AND HE AND HIS WIFE WERE MAKING SOMEWHERE AROUND uh, $3,500 a month. Now, today, that may sound like that's not a lot of money, but man, back in those days, my entire income for my whole ministry was $700 a month, and that paid all of my expenses and the ministry, our radio bill and everything. So $3,500 a month back in 1980 was a lot of money to me, and he and his wife were well off. And yet, it seems like they were struggling financially. IT SEEMED LIKE THEY ALWAYS WERE COMING UP SHORT ON MONEY. AND HE HEARD ME PREACHING ON THESE EXACT THINGS. AND HE REALIZED THAT HE WAS JUST GIVING MECHANICALLY. HE ACTUALLY TOOK HIS... HE WROTE OUT HIS TITHE CHECK AND HE PUT IT WITH HIS BILLS. AND WHEN HE GOT PAID ON THE FIRST OF THE MONTH, HE WOULD WRITE OUT HIS TITHE DOWN TO THE EXACT PENNY, LIKE, YOU KNOW, $352.21 OR SOMETHING. AND HE PAID IT LIKE A BILL. AND IT WASN'T GIVEN CHEERFULLY. IT WAS GIVEN OBEDIENTLY, BUT HE WASN'T GIVEN CHEERFULLY. HE WASN'T GIVEN uh, WITH THE RIGHT ATTITUDE. AND BECAUSE OF IT, THEY WERE JUST STRUGGLING, AND IT SEEMS LIKE THEY NEVER MADE ENDS MEET. HE HEARD ME PREACHING ON THESE EXACT THINGS. 
And he decided that instead of just paying a tithe as a debt, as an obligation, the way it was taught him, it was taught that you don't get anything back on the tithe. It's only your offerings that you get stuff back on, and the, uh, the tithe is a debt. And because he gave with that attitude, it wasn't benefiting him. He heard me preach on this, and he, he and his wife prayed about it, and they just decided that they were going to start giving as they purposed in their hearts. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. And they just started giving as they purposed. And within six months or so, they began to have extra money. They had money saved up in the bank. And his first thought was, well, I must not be giving as much money as I was before. I must have gone below 10%. But he used a check to pay everything. So he went back and looked at his giving over the last months. And it turned out that they had jumped up to like 24% is what they were giving. And even though they were giving much more, they had much more left over. Their cars weren't breaking down. They weren't having to buy tires. Their tires were lasting longer. They didn't, I don't know how it happened, but they just had more money with giving over twice as much because of the attitude. I'm telling you, your attitude that you give with is as important as the amount that you give. You can completely void your giving and therefore void the harvest or the fruit that comes up if you give with the wrong attitude. And so I've been trying to share with you uh, the power of partnership and what it really accomplishes. And a lot of it is all about this attitude. It's not just mechanical. You don't just give. When a person says, you just give and it's automatic, it comes back. You know, you've, you've got to give to God or God's going to curse you. Malachi chapter 3. You know, I hadn't got time to deal with that today, but this book will deal with that in detail. But when people preach that if you don't give and pay your tithes, you're cursed and God's going to get you, that's more like the Godfather than it is God the Father. It's like the mafia going around and saying, you know, there's a lot of windows being broken out here. There's been arson and there's been fires and bad things happen. But if you will pay me 10%, I'll protect you. And of course, the person who's saying that is the person who's breaking the windows and setting the fires. It's hush money. You either pay me 10% or I'm going to come destroy your business. That's the way the mafia works. And in a sense, that's the way that a lot of Christians are preaching it. That If you don't give, you're cursed with the curse. If you don't pay your tithes, God will put you in the hospital and take it from you in doctor bills. He'll make your washing machine break down. Your car will break down or whatever. That's the mafia. That's the Godfather, not God the Father. We live under a new covenant today. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, Every man should give as he purposes in his own heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, like you, you're going to be cursed if you don't give, because God loves a cheerful giver. We have been set free from the Old Testament law. There's still great benefit and things to learn from it, but we aren't under the curse of it, and God is not going to curse you if you don't give. But you need to give not grudgingly or of necessity. You need to give as you purpose in your own heart. And if you will do it with the right attitude, then you tap in to the blessing of God, the anointing of God, the power of God that is on that church or that ministry. And you start drawing that anointing towards yourself. I tell you, that's powerful. My partners are blessed. My partners receive this blessing that is on our life and the good things that God is doing. It flows down to every one of our partners. 
You know, I know that we have a lot of partners that are watching this program, and I just want to say thank you to you because, because of you, we have now been on television nearly 20 years on a daily basis. We have reached hundreds of millions of people. Many people's lives are changed. And I'm not the only one who's going to be blessed and rewarded for this. Every one of my partners gets the same blessing, the same anointing that is flowing towards me. It's flowing towards you. And I want to encourage you today that you need to become a partner. If not with me, you need to start partnering with a godly church. Find some other ministry that's ministering to you. Give wherever you're fed, but you need to start learning the power of partnership. So that's what our teaching is about. Remember that this coming Friday is going to be my last day to teach on this. I've got this teaching entitled, The Power of Partnership, in either CD or DVD. I have this book on financial stewardship, and it will deal with the subject of the tithe and tell you not only about the tithe, but where you should give the tithe. It'll really be a blessing to you. And then we have this DVD set where we have five testimonies of people who have seen this work in their life. Listen to our announcer as he gives you this information. So for me, being a partner is partaking in the blessings as well as giving support to people to tell them that we're behind them and, and we want to be part of what they're doing. It's just awesome to be able to put good seed in good ground. And every blessing of Andrew's we feel and know that it's a blessing of ours. Jamie and I are here just to thank you so much for being partners with us. I tell you, we are reaching around the world. I remember when Jamie and I were it. I would run the sound while she was doing the praise and worship, and then she'd come back and run the sound while I was preaching. We did it all ourselves. Now we have so many people helping us, and it couldn't happen without you. It's very true. We're very thankful for our partners and what they're doing, and you're going around the world too, and everything that this Amen. ministry does. Amen. So we just wanted to say a special thank you, and uh, we love you, and every good thing that is happening through this ministry, you're going to share in every one of those rewards. So God bless you. Thank you for being a partner with us. If you're not already a partner, you can become a Grace Partner today by calling our helpline or going to awmi.net. As a thank you for becoming a partner, Andrew would like to offer you the CD album of today's teaching on the power of partnership as his gift to you. Also available today is the Power of Partnership package, which includes the Financial Stewardship book, the Financial Breakthroughs DVD, in your choice of either the Power of Partnership CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $55, but you can get it today for only $39. For those of you who would like to be partners with us, we've got a lot of things going on, and the thing that right now that the Lord has really laid on my heart is to get our parking garage paid off as quickly as possible. We actually have a $23 million loan on that 1,022 space parking garage. It's five stories tall, and I tell you, it is such a blessing. We are using it. It's a godsend, but we need to get it paid off. And the Lord laid on my heart to just ask for 23,000 people to give $1,000. And I know that that's a lot of money for some people, for other people. It's not a problem, but you know, if you gave $100 a month for 10 months, 
it would only take 10 months for us to come up with that. And if we get this paid off within just the next few months, I'll save nearly $7 million in interest. And if the Lord has led you to join with us, we have what we call a 1K club and you can contact us. We have the number on your screen. Let somebody know about it because we need to designate this money towards that. But we believe that we're getting our parking garage paid off quickly. And thank you for being a part of this. Join with Andrew and become part of the 1K Club today by going to awmi.net or calling our helpline at 719-635-1111. Remember, you can order materials, become a Grace Partner, or join the 1K Club by going to awmi.net. Or you can call our helpline Monday through Friday at 719 635 1111.